Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome to the Believe in Fins Talk podcast with TD. I am your host, Tony Dow. They asked me, do I believe in Fins Talk? I said, Believe in fans talk, the Dolphins on a mission and they about to embark. It's Tua time, it's Tua time, ready to be on a grind. Miami Dolphins are in their prime, so we about to shine. Uh, believe in fans talk, yeah, believe in fans talk. TD on the mic, trying to tell you what it is. Our team is on a rise, we gonna keep handling biz. What's up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome back to TD Fans Talk, home of the real Miami Dolphin fans. We are live on Victory Monday. Yes, it is Victory Monday. Ladies and gentlemen, there is so much to be excited about. The Miami Dolphins Victory Monday. All 53 guys contributed to the victory. This was a team win. Listen, man, we want to talk about all the good stuff that happened yesterday, and that's all we're going to focus on on this stream. We're going to have several streams today. It's so much to talk about, man. But on this stream, we want to point out all the great things that the Miami Dolphins did within the game. Y'all do me a favor and hit the like button because YouTube is not sending the notifications out this morning. They do that every time you have like this massive day. Every time you have a day where, you know, you got so many people that watched you and it was just crazy for some reason, they're like, hey, we got to slow this down. We can't let this guy just, you know, just, you know, be building something over here. So YouTube um, brings out their hating cap and they stop sending the notifications to everyone. So with that being said, y'all make sure y'all hit that like button because the more you hit the like button, it forces the YouTube algorithm to send it out to more people. All right. They want to make sure yesterday wasn't a fluke because I think I, I mean, I think we streamed. Um, man, I started if actually I did four streams yesterday. You know, we did the Dolphins pregame, we did the Tennessee, Arizona game, we did the Dolphins game, and then we did the post-game show as well. Plus, I dropped the victory song for everybody to have just in case they wanted to bump it for themselves going forward. But, man, I mean, overall, it was a crazy day yesterday. I think we had like 40,000 views yesterday, like with everything together. The game was over 20K. You know, um, the post game was um, about 9,000. And, you know, they usually see those things just get out of whack. Like, you know, normally it's like, 10,000 a day and now all of a sudden 40 they start hating and i don't know why man that's something we still got to figure out why they hate on tv like that but y'all can help the channel out do y'all part by hitting that like button so that our family can come through and subscribe um come through and watch all right all our subscribers if you're new to the channel this is my call to action make sure you subscribe to tv fans talk all right. Make sure you subscribe to TD Fans Talk. Um, let your friends and family members um, know about the channel as well. All right. Shout out to the uh, for the donation. Said if fans keep winning, the media will say it's luck. Ah, uh, no. At some point, they won't say it's luck. At some point, they'll have to respect what we're doing in Miami. Listen, man, it's that simple. Okay. They're going to have to respect what we're doing in Miami at some point. And, and you know what? Yesterday was a step towards that. 
You know, we, we had a gritty, grimy game, which we came out with the W against a Bill Belichick-led defense and a Bill Belichick-led team that supposedly had all their guys back from the COVID holdouts, supposedly brought all their guys back they had left the year before, supposedly have found their future quarterback, supposedly, you know, you know brought it, spent the most money in free agency bringing in weapons. You know, we beat that team. We beat that team. The Miami Dolphins beat that team, and we did it collectively, and we did it as a group. And, and, and you know what? It's a shame they're going to try to go in the media and, you know, praise Mac Jones and just talk about that, and they're going to ignore the victory. But you know what? We know what time it is, and at the end of the day, there's nothing they could do about us continuing to stack up victories. And that's what we're going to do. And at some point, you will see the shift of them respecting the Miami Dolphins that you will see the shift of them respecting us. Um, John Ross. Yes. That is my wife on, on the um, song. That is my wife. She, you know, she heard the original version where I was trying to sing. We got another. She was like, you sound horrible. I'll help you out, baby. And I'll just, I'll just record my part. So she helped me out and she made it sound great. Okay. Cause I had it sounding like a train wreck. <laughs> so yes. Um, that is my wife on the song, man. Um, you talk about the victory song, I believe that's what you're talking about. Yes, we got the victory yesterday. We got another W to hate as they just don't like to lose, man. But it's okay because a lot of us believed we would win yesterday, and we did that. A lot of us believed that's one thing I'll tell you about this first game. Dolphin fans believed we would win, they believed we would win. And what did we come out and do? We won. A tough, hard-fought game came down to the wire. Not only did we win, ladies and gentlemen, but you know the most satisfying victories are when you can run the clock out. You didn't have to make this thriller last last second touchdown. You didn't have to make the, like literally, when you're ending the game, taking knees. Nothing's more satisfying. And ladies and gentlemen, I'm about to say something very bold. My biggest, my biggest happy point from yesterday. And don't kill me for this, but I got to say it. I got to say it. Brian Flores outcoached Bill Belichick. Has anybody thought about that? Has anybody thought about that? Brian Flores outcoached Bill Belichick yesterday. <laughs> Think about that, man. Think about it. I want y'all to really think about that. No, I haven't heard a single soul say that yet. But he did. He did. Not only did we win, but do y'all understand the gravity of the victory? We were on the road in New England, Foxborough, on the road, Bill Belichick. And listen, we, we listen. This this stream is about what we did well. Okay. 
So the not really turnovers were the difference. Who gets credit for preparing their team to get turnovers? How many times yesterday did y'all see the Miami Dolphins defender put their hand in a in a in a in a um runners um in, in, in where the ball is and try to rip it out? They didn't get it all the time. But how many times did you see them make a tackle and simultaneously making the tackle? They were trying to rip the ball out. They were trying to rip the ball out. Almost every single tackle I saw an attempt to try to rip the ball out. That's coaching, man. You know why? I went to training camp for about five days. And guess what is a part of training camp? It's right in the middle of training camp. As soon as they take their, their first big um break, water break, everybody helmets off, you know, everybody getting water, sitting around talking. The very next thing they do is the whole team lines up in like six different lines, and it's it's a, a ball carrier and a defender, and they're 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 picking up fumbles and they're trying to rip, they're trying to punch. Like, like they do this drill and practice every single practice. When you're doing that in practice, every single practice, it is a legitimate segment of practice. Your coach is doing that for a reason. Your coach knows how important it is, and yesterday, the practice that our team put in doing that showed up on the field. Y'all have to understand, coaches, coaching isn't just in, on the on the day of the game. It's not just who called the best play calls, who blah, blah, blah. The reality is you get out coached when you get the victory. Why? Because you prepared your team to win better than the other team. Everybody think coaching is just in-game. There is a level of in-game coaching. That's performance, just like the players. But you prepare your team for the win and i can truly say brian flores prepared his team for that win yesterday up on the ropes at the end of a boxing match you're on the ropes taking blows down the field but that preparation met opportunity have you ever heard that y'all give me the word in the comment section what's that word Preparation meeting opportunity. What is that word? Preparation meeting opportunity. Come on, somebody. Somebody got it. It ain't. Stop it. Somebody. Give me the word. Come on now. Uh, no, no, no. I shouldn't have to say it to you. I shouldn't have to say it to you. Success is when preparation meets opportunity. Somebody said Kaizen. Kaizen means continuous improvement. Success is when Preparation meets opportunity. And that's what Brian Flores had his team ready to do. He prepared them. He prepared them for every opportunity. And every opportunity we got, we took advantage of. 
They fumbled the ball like four times yesterday. We just recovered two. Y'all don't forget that. They fumbled the ball like four times, and we just recovered two of them. Remember the hit by um, Javon Holland where he sent the player in the sky and he fumbled and the Patriots lineman jumped on it? That's a fumble. Textbook hit. Beautiful hit. Ooh, Javon Holland's Madden hit stick. Mac Jones, I believe, had one too where he fumbled from the pressure. And they got on top of it. The backwards pass and all of that stuff too. That was pressure right up his face. And he trying to do something. And we got two of them. Those were strips. They fumbled the ball four times yesterday. You prepare for that. One was pressure and three of them were hits. And two of those three were strips during the hit. Brian Flores outcoached Bill Belichick yesterday. He truly did. He didn't prepare. He prepared his team better than Bill Belichick did. And we got the victory. Also, the play calling to start the game and the play calling out of the halftime was superior and excellent. It was a good flow to the offense. It was it was a great flow to the offense. Like it's almost like we couldn't be stopped. We got anything we wanted on those plays. They weren't even tight plays. Like oof, oof. no, I mean it was just great execution by our offense to come out and to start the game and to come out of halftime and put that up. It was just a thing of beauty. A thing of beauty. And guys, do y'all realize how we sealed the game? Do you guys realize um, how we actually sealed the game? That last drive to get that first down? Nobody's talking about that execution as well. Nobody's talking about the execution on the very last drive. Let me let me go ahead. Let me let me go ahead and show you real quick. One second. We literally had the ball with 331 left, and the Patriots needed a stop. And we didn't give it back. How many times in the past with 331 left and the Patriots have three touched three um timeouts? Did we run plays and we end up punting and giving them two minutes left and we had to go on defense to try to win the game? We didn't allow that. So with all the all the work the defense did yesterday to help our offense, our offense, when it mattered most, got the job done with three minutes and 31 seconds left in the game to not have to put the defense on the field. That's so huge. That is like an underrated thing that nobody nobody's really thinking about of how we were able to just seal the game by keeping the ball away.
Um, Troy Nuke, I'm glad that um the Roman philosopher sentence said that, but I subscribe to success is when preparation meets opportunity. So it could go either way. The lucky part was the opportunity, in my opinion. And remember, don't forget what a philosopher is. A philosopher is a is someone who basically has uh, theories and things of that nature to make a point. And I'll take it either way. But success for us yesterday was because of our preparation met the opportunity. Appreciate you though, man. But let's talk about that last drive. Here we are with three minutes and 31 seconds left. Right now, mind you, we had just come off of an interception. We had just come off of an interception. And literally, we put ourselves in a fourth and 15 situation. And to a tongue of our Lord at our own five yard line, I want y'all to really think about this because this is where I have to give to a tongue of our Lord a lot of credit. We were backed up at our own five yard line last year. I would have been scared out my mind that that our quarterback might have taken a sack, but backed up on our own five yard line, first and fifteen, we don't run the ball. Tua fakes the handoff and gives a strike to Devontae Parker, and he's able to get a yards after the catch and get 13 yards to make it a much more respectable second and one. Second and one. Then we run a wildcat, which is beautiful execution, and we pick up a first down. That's all play calling, ladies and gentlemen. Think about it. First and 14, and you're up winning this game, and it's 331, and you got the you got the guts to throw the ball on first down. Your quarterback, your O-line, your wide receiver perfectly executed because you prepared for it. And they were getting that. And let me tell you the genius in coaching. They hadn't missed on that play all game. That was like the third time in the game they play ran that same play and they never missed on it. They never missed on it. And that's great coaching to come back to something that you didn't miss on all game that they just haven't been able to stop. And you got one yard to go on second down and guess what? You came back to something that you realized within the game they weren't able to stop. There were a lot of things that they were able to stop in the game, but one thing they weren't able to stop is the quick slant from Devontae Parker. Another thing they were not able to stop the entire game was every time we lined up in the Wildcat. And for the third time in the game, that's the beauty of it. We ran two slants in the game to Devontae Parker. They couldn't stop, so we put it in at the end of the game. High execution. We ran two wild cards, wildcat formations in the game, so we put it in at the end of the game. High execution. Offensive coordinator needs to be given credit for that last drive, keeping the ball away from the New England Patriots. 
we get a first down. Now, we made the Patriots call a a timeout on a first down. That's unorthodox. They realize, man, we just gave them the first. We got to use our timeouts now. That's when we finally forced them to do something. That's when Belichick realized, ooh, things just got tight. They picked up that first first down. Now on first down, I got to use my first timeout. Conventionally, you run the first play, then you use the timeout. Y'all see what I'm saying? But we would have been able to take it all the way down to the two-minute warning. So Belichick them call a timeout at 236. And what do we do? We realize now we don't want to throw the ball anymore. Because we've gotten in that sweet zone. See, three minutes and 31 seconds isn't a sweet zone. The sweet zone is actually under three minutes. Anything over two, like between two minutes and 59 seconds on down, that's your run. So what do they do? They say, let's keep going with what we know works. Go back to the Wildcat. And they run the Wildcat for the fourth time. Five yards. They got to call a timeout. Well, if we got five yards on that carry, let's go ahead and run the ball again. This time off the left guard, four yards. In the biggest play of the game on third and one, not the biggest play of the game, but one of the most important on third and one, they do it again. They bring in Jacoby Brissett. For the quarterback sneak. And not only does everybody in the world know what we're about to do, just like we knew what we were about to do the first time, we did it in the second quarter at the end. Everybody in the world knows what we're about to do twice in the game. There are two plays in the game. The whole world knows what you're going to do. Quarterback sneak with Jacoby Brissett. We executed both of them. When when a team knows what you're going to do and you still execute, preparation met opportunity. Success. 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 And let me let me go a step further. It is a genius coaching call to put Jacoby Brissett in for multiple reasons. Number one, Tua doesn't need that type of contract that's going to be happening up in there on that bang-bang quarterback sneak. Also, Jacoby Brissett has the physicality and the body to have a higher percentage chance of making that. That's not a knock on Tua at all. This is situational football. This is opportunity football. You do what it takes. You do whatever it takes. And what I love the most about it is when Brissett got that first down, who was the most excited person in that game that day? Tua Tungavaloa, jumping up and down off of his feet. First down, yeah! That's teamwork, man. That's team play. That's camaraderie. That's togetherness. Is winning football. And Tua comes back out and does what he deserved to do. Take three knees. 
because no matter how beautiful or ugly the game was, every player on that field earned it. Every player on that field earned it. I know we talk about the things that didn't go well, but there are also things that went great. When Jalen Waddle um, missed that um, pass on the side, he caught the one of the biggest ones in the game for 36 yards. It's how it happens. When Tua threw that interception, he also found Waddle for a touchdown and ran one in for himself. That's how games go. It's not all pretty. There's always characteristics that we can improve and that definitely need to get better. But at the same token, man, the Miami Dolphins, all, all every guy on that team contributed to the victory. Every guy on the team contributed to the victory. Defense bent but didn't break the entire game. That interception was so scary because the New England Patriots actually, I want y'all to think about this, it allowed them to start at the 50-yard line down by one point. It allowed them to start at the 50-yard line down by one point. Mac Jones, quick pass for three yards to the left. Mac Jones actually in a run to the um left for one yard. And on third and six, Mac Jones picks up seven yards and they're at the Miami 39. And the clock is just ticking. Six minutes left. And on first down, they get an eight-yard run. Second down, they get a one-yard run. And third down, they get the first down on another run for three yards. And the clock is just ticking. But the most demoralizing part about it is now they're in field goal range at the 27-yard line. And they got all the Dolphin fans in their mind just worried, man, we're only up by one. They're in field goal range. And not only are they in field goal range, but they're running the ball and literally just eating clock. Eating clock. And on first down, they run again for five yards. Oh, my gosh, the clock is just ticking. It's at 4.15 now. And on second down, they dare to throw the ball and they get 11 yards and it's another first and the clock is just ticking. And here we are, first and 10 with three minutes and 18 seconds left and they got a first down at the Miami 11-yard line. 11-yard line, like it's almost a guaranteed, it's a 99% completion percentage of a field goal alone and we're only up by one point one point and the scariest thing isn't the fact that we're up by one and they're in territory it's the fact that they have the ability to get one more first down before they even score which can leave us if we get the ball back because we were guaranteed to get it back but it could leave us with less than a minute left on the clock and if it was a touchdown they scored, it's even tougher. If it's a field goal, it's more unreasonable, uh, but it's still going to be tough against this defense. And sure enough, they run the ball 
for two yards. And Jerome Baker and Xavier Howard lays a hit. And while they're laying the hit, Xavier Howard is doing what he prepared to do, what, what the coaches prepared him to do. You have to go after that ball every time we make a tackle. And he got his hand in there and tried his very hardest to strip it out. And sure enough, that ball dropped before the knee went down. And then on top of that, he had the know-it-all to see it on the ground and get down there before the offensive player could grab it. Because the offensive player was right there when it dropped. He knew it dropped, and he had it. He knew it dropped before Xavier Howard knew it dropped. The offensive player knew it dropped before X knew it dropped, and the offensive player had a closer position to get it before Xavier Howard, and he still got in there and got it. Preparation. I watch them practice this every single day. And everybody like, we didn't get any interceptions. But we made them fumble four times. And we took the ball away from them twice. That's huge. It is huge. So down the stretch, in the last two possessions of the game, that's where coaches make their money. We outplayed and executed them in the last two possessions of the game. And that's why I say, overall, Brian Flores outcoached Bill Belichick yesterday. Brian Flores is a darn good coach. He doesn't have nearly the resume that Bill Belichick has. But he ain't far. Because what some of y'all got to understand, as many years as he's been in New England, doesn't that mean he has the same accolades? Doesn't that, when you really think about it, I want y'all to really think about it. Doesn't that mean he has the same accolades for all the years he was in New England? Four years ago, we the New England Patriots won a Super Bowl. Brian Flores won a Super Bowl too as a coach on the staff. That's how that works, ladies and gentlemen. That's why they get promoted the way they do, because of their resume. Now, Bill Belichick is going to get the overall credit, but if you still haven't seen that um, episode of that Super Bowl, a Bill Belichick on the sideline of the Super, the last Super Bowl that they won. Matter of fact, I got to ask y'all, did y'all see that that video of the Patriots last Super Bowl they won and and they basically they were showing Bill Belichick on the sideline the whole time how he coached through the game did y'all see that video yes or no in the comment section because I might have to play that one day I might have to play that for y'all one day
Somebody said what video? That video shows you Brian Flores at work. In the biggest Super Bowl where things are tough, he's literally going up and down the sideline talking to the offensive coordinator and the defensive coordinator where he didn't call him the defensive coordinator. It was the defensive play caller because Belichick didn't want to give the title defensive coordinator because it gives the guy too much attention. That's one thing Belichick does. He don't like really to name an actual defensive coordinator because they didn't have a defensive coordinator that year. Brian Flores was the defensive play caller. He didn't want to give a title for a great defense because everybody would pay attention to that guy. If he had the official title of defensive coordinator, everybody would have wanted him. But it's, he, would, he named him the defensive play caller so it could bring less attention to him. Bill Belichick does them small, them small little things. That's what sets him apart from everybody else. Those small little things. I'm, I'm not going to name my best asset on defense of a coach, the coordinator. I'm just going to name him the defensive play caller to diminish his value to everybody else because I know how good he is and I want to keep him here. But when you watch the video, you see Bill Belichick up and down the sideline. All right, Brian, come here. Listen, have your plays. Have them ready. Think through them. Make sure you, 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 you um, communicate with everybody, blah, blah, blah. Belichick ain't calling no plays. Everybody was like, well, that's a Belichick-led defense. That last Super Bowl with no Belichick-led defense. It was a Brian Flores-led defense. And as soon as Brian Flores executed, Belichick ran over to him. Man, great job, coach. Great job, man. Good calls. Good calls. And then the other team comes, the offense comes out and stalls again. And Belichick runs over to Flores. Hey, all right, I need you to do it again. Make sure you got your plays that you want. Make sure you have it, blah, 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 blah. Flores, yeah, oh, oh, I got you, I got you. Go out there and shut the game down. Game is over. He runs over to Brian Flores before anybody else. Woo, good job, coach. Great calls. Good job, man. Because Brian Flores was coaching his behind off, calling perfect plays for that defense getting those guys prepared and ready for the biggest moments. You got to watch that video. I'm going to try to find it and play some of the clips from it for y'all at some point. I'm going to try to find it and play some of the clips from it for, for, for y'all at some point because you got to see it. You see the ultimate respect and you see who really deserves a lot of the credit from that game. I don't know if I told y'all this story already, but there was on one um, – NFL um writer but he also used to play football he's you know he was one of the greats I forgot who it was but um he he said a story about um how he interviewed Brian Flor I mean Bill Belichick one time and he said hey Bill um can I get a um interview um I want to actually talk to Brian Flores I want to get an interview with him and Bill said no Bill said no I'm not going to allow you to talk to him and this guy said, I've been doing this long enough, and I know Bill Belichick very well. We're pretty close. Anytime he doesn't want you talking to somebody, it's because it's one of his best-kept secrets. Anytime Bill Belichick does not want you talking to a specific person within the team and the staff, it's only because it's one of your best-kept secrets.
And that's why he never had Flores as a defensive coordinator and literally playing these little small mind games by naming him the defensive play caller. But you know what? It didn't matter because there was a man named Chris Greer who knew he was hidden in there and went and got him. Chris Greer went and got him. Chris Greer knew what time it was. And shout out to that combination of Brian Flores and Chris Greer because I'm telling y'all, man, it is a thing of beauty. We Our future is bright. We've been doing a lot of things lately um, that we just couldn't do in the past. A lot of situations. Man, listen, man, two, three years ago, four years ago, five years ago, we would have never won that game yesterday. We wouldn't have won that game. Not like that. Not like that. And yesterday was indicative of how coaching shows up. It's exactly what it was, man. Great job by the Miami Dolphins. Great job by the team. Great job by Flores, man. Um, But anyway, man, I just wanted to make sure that everybody knew the great things that we did as a team yesterday. The Miami Dolphins showed up and showed out. And we got some area of improvement. And we'll talk about some of those things in other streams today. But, you know, our team got the victory. Go Miami Dolphins. Go celebrate Dolphin fans for Victory Monday. This is TD Fans Talk, home of the real Miami Dolphin fans. I will see y'all soon. Peace. I am out. Believe in fans talk, the Dolphins on a mission and they about to embark. It's Tua time, it's Tua time, ready to be on a grind. Miami Dolphins are in their prime, so we about to shine. Uh, believe in fans talk, yeah, believe in fans talk. TD on the mic, trying to tell you what it is. Our team is on a rise, we gon' keep handling biz. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.